So you decided you want to buy a gun, but how do you choose which one? You don't have time to test every handgun, rifle, and shotgun out there. NorCal Gun Vault can help you out. Yeah, the folks that work there are passionate about firearms. They hunt, they shoot. You can tell it's not just a job for them, and it shows in their ability to find the perfect firearm for you. NorCal Gun Vault is fully stocked with hundreds of handguns, rifles, shotguns, not to mention tons of ammo, dozens of accessories. Yeah, whether shooting is just a hobby, you're a hunter, or you're thinking about owning your first gun, NorCal Gun Vault has exactly what you're looking for. By the way, if cash is tight right now, but you really want to get a gun, NorCal Gun Vault will work with you to create a layaway program individually tailored to what makes sense for your budget. NorCal Gun Vault opens seven days a week, locally owned and operated. Check them out at NorCalGunVault.com. NorCalGunVault.com. It really matters when you're dealing with experts. Go to NorCalGunVault.com, NorCalGunVault.com. Are we ready to start? One, two, three. I'm a proud Democrat, but first and foremost, I'm a proud Republican and Democrat and mostly American. Can you believe in miracles? Yes, you can. On a shucky ducky kind of day. He's bare chested and banging his chest. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. I'm up and ready and running. So the audience are a bunch of hoes. Yeah. Real classy. Why don't we just go to the story? Talk radio has made people lack confidence in a lot of our existing institutions. The best place to get real information is the Armstrong and Getty show. <laughs> they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Here. Why are you here today? I don't watch the news. The birthplace of talk radio. Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners. And here's their response. I would say... Would you say uh, it? Say it like the mooch. Say it like the mooch. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Is there any chance things go back to normal? No. No, no chance things thank go back to normal. Thank you for asking. Okay, I was kind of hoping Does you'd anybody say. Anybody else have any questions? I thought you'd say perhaps say yes, <laughs> but you said no. There's yeah. no chance things go back to normal. I'll be darned. Live from <laughs> Studio C. A dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Show, uh, and today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Fatigue. <laughs> this can't go on for another. Three and a half years. It can't. We can't take it. So, has anybody nailed down? Have you seen the video of John Kelly putting his head down and shaking his head? That's good stuff. So, has anybody nailed down what was being said at the time? Because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not... I'm not off the rails here. Or not, out of line. not jumping into line with the lamestream media. Well, I just want to know what actually happened. Because you know what they do like on The Bachelorette and Survivor and stuff like that? Is you catch somebody reacting to something else. Right. And yeah. then you put it with this. And then you make things look a certain way. That's the way they do it on reality TV. Does anybody know what he was reacting to? I, I imagine he had his head down the entire 16 yeah, minutes. He might have. <laughs> yes. Vincent, 
Vincent part of the aforementioned L S M. Would, would I would I be surprised if some of the commentary from Trump had his chief of staff put his head down and shake his head like, oh no. Um, no, I would not be surprised he's, by that. But I would he just is like a disciplined to know. military man. You'd think he could refrain from doing that unless he is so drowning in despair that he can't help himself. He did. He he. Yeah, that's the look he had. I've been in meetings like that. I've been in situations like that where he just. Oh my god. Oh no. Oh boy. No, don't say that. Oh god, he said it. Then he shook his head. Yeah, boy. He just shook his head a little bit. Well, I would uh-huh. like to see it synced up with the yeah. actual audio at the yeah. time. I would like to know what was said that made him shake his head like that. Uh, what we're going to do today is study the world. Study the world. Oh, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes. Study it. Study it now. <laughs> yeah, study the world. That's the verve of a man with a pocket full of lottery tickets over Indeed. there. That's what that is. Good verve. <laughs> Uh, so let's kick off the show by uh, introducing everybody on the squad. To my alt-left is Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, and pulling See, there you go. It's the lighter side of the current troubles. Yeah, hilarious political joke, Jack. <laughs> How are you this morning, Mike? I'm doing good. Uh, it's funny, I have two things here. I, one, everybody laughed at me getting that pet feeder, you know, yesterday, the electronic pet feeder. It works great. There you go. Well, they they laughed fan, at They you. laughed at you, including members of my own family. They really, you know, they said, I was listening, and I heard you talk about this pet feeder, and did you really spend your money on that what did gandhi say first they ignore you then they criticize you just like that then they laugh at you then then you win they play cruel pranks on you (laughs) then they ignore you again (laughs) more mocking and And they're more mocking and then everyone has an electronic pet feeder (laughs) that's right and the other thing is i'm holding in my hand something i have not done in many many years these are actual cassette tapes that I got for Jack Armstrong because awesome. I'm going to tape the show so he can oh, play cool. it in his RV. Yeah, because my RV has a cassette player in it. Fantastic. Anyway, but it's just very odd. It felt really weird to be holding a cassette and opening it up. And I haven't you know done this in like 20 years. Yeah, so no kidding. Crazy. Uh, directly to his alt-right is uh, Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing very well. Uh, I am. I am continually entertained while simultaneously... Somewhat worried about the the press conference stuff. I don't know what goes next. I, I'm just uh, I'm, yeah, how many more staffers are going to be replaced, or is it going to is is it's the same thing that everybody's been asking about Trump. Is this the thing that he doesn't recover from? I don't know. He's been able to to bounce back from all of them before. It's a, I'm I'm fascinated by this whole this whole scenario. You know, one thing this whole thing reminds me of is. Um... After the state, you ever seen a monkey trying to make love to a football? <laughs> After his State of the Union address, there was a whole bunch of people, including you know even the Washington Post MSNBC crowd, said, "Wow, tonight is the night he became president of the United States. This is a different Donald Trump." And I thought, okay, things have changed. It was that next Saturday, State of the Union address is on a Tuesday night. It was on Saturday morning that he puts out the tweet about Obama tapping his phones. And then everything went off the rails again. Bad or sick guy. And then so last week he gets he gets bad or sick guy. Thank yeah. you, Vincent. Last week he's so strong on North Korea. I was thinking this is going to be the first reverse of his poll numbers because you had people on again MSNBC saying you know what somebody had to say it. Right. Some of his biggest critics were saying, well, you know. Somebody had to say it. I thought, this is going to be the first reverse of his poll numbers. Well, and he got the bowling ball of communism to back down. Uh, that with the economic stuff, I thought, wow, things are going to turn around. And then Saturday comes. Yeah. And so. <sighs> constant chaos. 
political, rhetorical, emotional roller coaster. Even if you want to stay completely out of what's right and what's wrong or all that, you have to wonder strategically how he thinks some of this stuff is helping him accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He doesn't. He doesn't think like that. I think Laura Ingram's absolutely right. I heard her talking uh, yesterday. Um, she said he's getting drawn into the pundit game. He sees himself as a talking head around a table on a cable news show and doesn't understand or, or I don't, can't internalize and discipline himself that he has a very, very different role than the people arguing at the table. And he can just ignore the argument. He's the damn POTUS. He just gets dragged in. There, and, and then, and then it, it should be said, handles it terribly. There is a Vincent, uh, our senior executive producer of this nation's most prominent Asian-American talk show personality. Harry Vincent. Oftentimes, I'm, I'm, I am uncomfortable being the chief constable of the Armstrong Getty. Yeah, no patrol, but <laughs> I have a job <laughs> sure. to do. It was thrust upon you. There are many conflicts of interest that I go through. I feel like I'm in, in the internal affairs department of a bad 1980s cop movie. Nevertheless, <laughs> exhibit number one, Sean dropping a no, yeah, this one's a little hard what? to hear, but I, I, I reviewed it many times. Was there it my no, show? Me, yeah, I, it, uh, um, I didn't catch that. Let's let's try that again. Was there it my no, show? Me, yeah, I, it, that sounded like, yeah, ma, ma no, yeah. <laughs> he says, no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'd say me. yeah. I'd say of seven words spoken, yeah. none of them were English. Not guilty. <laughs> I'm a free man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not beyond a reasonable doubt. <laughs> Exhibit number two comes from one Craig Gottwalls. This happened on July 28th. But you got to learn how to do it sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I well, okay, that's uh, a clear okay, case. Okay, so. Clearly, guilty. Yeah. Not only that, but a double yeah, no, yeah, yeah. But you no. got to learn how to do it sober. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. I oh, oh yeah. boy, that is so sad. And finally, <laughs> my former fellow grammar Nazi Joe Getty. What? Constant infractions, Joe Getty. No, wrong. I have been cleared of every ridiculous railroad charge you've thrown my way. Bring it. Bring it! What's he can play it? This is from yesterday's show. Oh, well, yeah. No. No. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, no. my, <laughs> my, my. That's oh, just indecisiveness. Well, yeah. no. Well, no, I no. was I was obviously asked a question. What was the question? Yeah, I don't think that was Doesn't being matter. used as the verbal crutch or the 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 replacement doesn't, doesn't um, You're just defending him. They say, hey, hey, don't interrupt Fellow, my defense. Yeah, no, defense. I, I am in defense of justice and righteousness. I, I'm not going to sit here for this monkey court. <laughs> this is oh, not a well, monkey yeah. court. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I'll see. This is how it gets started. <laughs> this sort of uh, railroading a suspect. Reminds me of the Soviet Union. First, At least we can all agree that Craig is guilty. First, they came for the yeah, no people, and I said nothing. <laughs> oh, yeah, but, oh, my. And, and by the way, if, if my lawyers dropped a yeah, no on me, I'd say, well, what are you, one of them pro bono jack wagons? <laughs> <laughs> jack wagons. Wow. There's Marsha Phillips, who does our news every day. How are you, Marsha? I'm doing well. I got a pocket full of Powerball tickets and a dandy trio of celebrity birthdays awesome. today. I'm going to go by net worth from least to most. Well, that's exciting. Poorest amongst them, actors, <laughs> actor Steve Carell. 55 years old, net worth a mere $50 million. $50 million. Wow. Yes. Holy crap. He's, I'm in the wrong business. He's 55? Yes. So he was not young when he was on Daily Show then. No. 
Now I've got a question. Uh, Which of these two do you think is worth more? Would it be Madonna or movie director, producer James Cameron? Madonna. Oh, I say Cameron. Oh, an even split. All right, here we go. Coming in second place. Coming in. You're way more excited about this than I am. (laughs) And me too. I'm sorry, we're out of time. We'll have mailbag (laughs) coming up in a moment or two. Movie director, producer, James Cameron, 63, net worth $700 million. Yeah, no. Madonna, (laughs) 59 years old, net worth at least $800 million. Wow, Madonna edges them out. Madonna has more money than the guy who made Titanic and that Avatar movie. Yes. That's amazing. Yes. He should have gotten a better agent. It's his fault I'm wrong, not mine. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah, that is something else. Just a lifetime of... Oh, you know what it is? Her last couple of tours were like nostalgia uh, morons yeah. and, and gay fellows come out to see her. Um, though she sells out stadiums coast to coast. But Titanic and her Avatar has got to be enormous. Titanic on and Avatar, the two biggest movies of all time, and she still makes more money by being a, a trampy boudoir pop star. <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> With eight hundred million dollars. Yeah. Wow. I'll be damned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On this, it is a Wednesday, August sixteenth, year twenty seventeen. We are Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Of course, we've been saying since the eighties, more or less. She is way. She is a way better businesswoman than singer. Yeah. I mean, it's not even yeah. close. All right, let's begin the show now officially, according to FCC rules and regulations, like a virgin at Mark. The statement I made on Saturday, the first statement, was a fine statement. But you don't make statements that direct unless you know the fact. I want to make sure, when I make a statement, that the statement is correct. And there was no way... There was no way of making a correct statement that early. You can call it terrorism. You can call it murder. You can call it whatever you want. I would just call it as the fastest one to come up with a good verdict. Define alt-right to me. You define it. This week it's Robert E. Lee. I noticed that Stonewall Jackson's coming down. I wonder, is it George Washington next week? And is it Thomas Jefferson the week after? You know, you, all, you really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? You had a group on one side and you had a group on the other, and they came at each other with clubs, and it was vicious, and it was horrible, and it was a horrible thing to watch. What took place was a horrible moment for our country, a horrible moment. But there are two sides to the country. Does anybody have a final? Does anybody have? You have an infrastructure. At uh, just a taste of uh, how it went down yesterday, I got a rundown of how it unfolded in the media across the country as it wasn't a scheduled press conference even. Right. And uh, networks started breaking into regular programming in the middle of it and taking it live. I didn't realize that. Like ABC busted into their game shows and said, "Oh, well, the president's going off here. We better, we better run this." Wow, yeah, it's something. And then the reactions of hosts on all the channels when the president finished is really interesting. Madness. So, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, President Trump spreading the blame, setting off all sides. Women, it turns out, prefer the smell of guys who eat healthier. And the mooch launching a new career. Stories coming up six thirty-five. Armstrong and Getty. From the smell of guys who what? Eat, eat crap. Eat healthier. Okay. Uh, I'll stay tuned. How does mailbag look? Still coming together, frankly. I think we can save it in the editing room. I'm going to bring James Cameron in. He's going to do a little CGI work. 
punch up the dialogue. We'll be all right. Fantastic. I think um, we're ready for a February, mid-February release. Yeah, so some people are uh, calling what happened with the president, his press conference yesterday, a uh, fairly major moment. I can, I can tell you what news channels and pundits said on all sides. Coming up a little bit later. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This is what passed for controversial back in the day. Oh, boy. This song. So we're trying to nail down at what moment during Trump's impromptu press conference did his chief of staff, John Kelly, drop his head and and kind of shake it and mutter. Now... Everybody in the media is portraying it as this is the chief of staff saying, oh, my God, what, what is he doing? How am I going to handle this? Why do I work for this guy? Which Maybe may, he had a headache. Which may very well be true. That might even be easily the most likely thing. Although I've been in many a meeting where I've dropped my head and muttered and, oh, that's right. i got to stop on the way home. I'm, my, my wife Look told at me. Jack Armstrong. <laughs> he loathes this very establishment that he works at. But I, I want to know the moment what Trump said that, that made that made him uh, lower his head and shake it like that. All right. We will get that together. We will sync up the audio. It, we'll, we'll go all Zapruder film on it. We'll figure it out. Back into the left. He nods as he shakes his head. Back into the <laughs> mailbag. Woohoo! Hmm. Jack Joe, big fan. My wife refers to you guys as my BFFs. But it's always a little cringeworthy when you guys emphatically announce what the law is. Oh, says you, counselor. I'm an attorney who's handled a bunch of civil lawsuits involving auto versus pedestrian collisions, most of which were fatalities. See, now today, the music sounds incredibly loud to me. Yeah, they were working on it yesterday. By making it really, really loud, or what? I mean, it's like too loud in my head. I can barely pay attention. I'm going to wait till I get to hear one of my cassettes. Michael, can you turn down the music a little? It's That's going better. Down. See, that, that seems a lot better to me. When Jack pops his cassette in, you know, after his 8-track finishes, he can, he can appraise it for us. <clears throat> Where were we? I asked the attorney, who thinks he knows the law better than we do. <laughs> I'm an attorney who's handled a bunch of civil lawsuits involving auto versus pedestrian collisions, most of which were fatalities. Yikes. Uh, In California, the pedestrian has the right of way in a crosswalk unless the pedestrian enters the crosswalk when the approaching vehicle is so close as to constitute an immediate hazard to the pedestrian. We call these dart out cases. Well, we didn't bring that up, but that's clearly true. Um, You can't run out in front of a car and get hit. And then, you know, sue the guy. Although the, the car will probably get charged with failure to reduce speed to avoid an accident, uh, at least initially. Um, I can think of at least three cases I've handled in the last few years where the cops determined the pedestrian was the sole cause of the accident and no criminal charges were ever recommended by the police department or filed by the DA against the driver. Uh, okay. So, uh, Uh, And then he says, as an attorney, I can confidently say we do not have a justice system. We have a legal system. Um, That's interesting. That's an interesting statement. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Ah, a recommendation of the Vice News documentary that aired, I believe, on HBO. It doesn't matter where it aired. It's on the Internet. 
Yeah, you can find it all over the place. uh, They embed a a, 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 a young reporter, young woman, with some of the white supremacist people who marched on Charlottesville. Young, uh, hot, blonde, and pigtails. See, I was not going to go there because I respect the woman's work. I'm not going to reduce her to a pair of pigtails and her looks like you. Well, it's an interesting look to go with. It's not morally safer You're a, <laughs> in a suit and tie. <laughs> you're an alt-sexist. That's what you are. Um, let's see. So anyway, Most of the the Vice News kind of reporters are seem to be in their 20s, early gotcha. 30s at the oldest. Yeah, I watched. I saw, I saw half of it, I think. Yeah. It's good. Um, and, the, and Vicky goes on uh, to make the point the media needs to stop focusing on Trump because they're missing the real threat of these white supremacist groups. Move on from Trump. He's one person in the country, and his tweets are just words. Well, he is the president. Stop giving it so much credit. The median Hillary voters and celebrities hang on to every word he says. Ridiculous how many people shared Jimmy Fallon's little rant on his show Monday night. Isn't it time to make a difference and start creating your conversation make change? I think that's what people think they're doing. But sincerely, sick of hearing Trump's name, Vicky. I didn't uh, hear Jimmy Fallon's rant. Well, I agree with her overall. Yeah. Yeah. No, I didn't either. Maybe we should play it. It, well, he did one, and he did one last night. Uh, they all kind of were morose on Monday after Saturday, uh, Charlottesville. And then, yeah, last night he went on a whole rant about how we should make Trump king. And it, I don't know. It was it was okay. It wasn't funny. The um, the vice piece, the lady in the midst of the uh, the rally before it was really getting going, it's pretty damned interesting. I mean, it's interesting to see these people hear their thoughts. It's something. Oh uh, yeah, that's one oh, thing. Yeah, you know, and it bolsters my uh, my my belief that I uh, espoused yesterday that I wish we could go back to a pre-internet world. But so the, these people, where there's five of them in each town in America, now have an ability to communicate with each other and feel like they're part of some national movement and get together and do something. Right, right. Yeah, there are various sick dark corners of humanity that sh- that have that same support network now. And so instead of you know keeping to themselves and being ashamed, they they're they're out and proud, which is it's going to make uh, the country weirder. Let's see. Joe, so you're heading out to Philadelphia. Well, we'll be, yeah, we'll be briefly in Philadelphia. We're seeing some friends on the East Coast. What a coincidence. I'm off uh, myself to visit family for a week. We'll have to get together and compare scars when we return. Don't forget to enjoy a juicy cheesesteak, maybe a delicious Italian hoagie, or my favorite from back in the day, four large soft pretzels for a dollar from a complete stranger standing at the base of a random I-95 off-ramp. And remember, no visit to Philly is complete without hurling a D-sized battery at the loathsome sports personality of your choice. Have a safe trip. Fantastic. Overeating and battery chucking. Sounds like a great idea. Let's see. And my computer is locking up. Ah, there we go. Oh, and finally, um, can I use the, uh, uh, yeah, Faggity Brad uh, says, I didn't want to believe it when you gents reported that schools were going to keep kids inside during the eclipse. Well, it appears that my children's elementary school in San Diego will be doing just that come you Monday. you got to be kidding. See below from the paint chip eating vice principal. And that is, I think, literally as far as you can get from the eclipse in the contiguous 48 states. Um, Looking at yes. the band of the... That's uh, actually correct. You're, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> and they're going to make them stay indoors. Right. Lest somebody stare at the sun. Uh, dear blankety-blank families, as you know, there will be a solar eclipse our first day of school, blah, blah, blah. 
Here in San Diego, we are close enough to the eclipse path to have a limited view of this event. Being the furthest from it of anyone in the country. What an amazing (laughs) event that just happens to fall on our first day. It will be a day to remember for sure. While we recognize the importance of this scientific phenomenon, we also need to balance the event with the element of safety. Oh my Viewing God. the sun at any time is dangerous, and we know children will be curious and want to look at the sun during the eclipse. We, like other school districts, will limit outdoor activity during recess and lunchtime. Un- I almost dropped an F-bomb. There's mm, no call for that. There is a call for it. That is effing unbelievable. Does, is everybody okay with this direction we're going as a country? Does that make sense to anyone? Have you seen the... I saw a picture the other day in the newspaper of uh, kids in the 50s with cardboard boxes on their heads. I remember in the 70s making a little pinwheel thing. That's the way we used to handle it. Now we keep the kids inside. Well, why do you think about 30% of the people you see on the street are blind, Jack? Oh, that's true. Why? Because of those eclipses of the past. That's true. 10 of the 20 kids in my class are now completely blind. We are a nation of veal cats. Wow, that's unbelievable. We're a fat little frightened people. The pioneer spirit is dead. Long live the pioneer spirit. But bury it. Stick it in the ground. It's gone. I would actually keep my kid out of school if my school was doing that. Yeah. I would keep my kid home that day. We're going to go outside and see the eclipse because that's what any normal human being would do. Sure. Well. Jeez. It's amazing. Yeah. Can you imagine, like, uh, tossing off your old life and crossing an ocean to explore the unknown and seek your fortune and adventure? No, we... Our current culture would not get up and walk across the room to seek adventure and fortune. Terrified little people. Hey, we'll play a clip from that Vice documentary where they uh, they had a reporter in the midst of the um, KKK Nazi people. It's really interesting to hear some of their thoughts. Marshall's got his news coming up. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. watched some of that Vice documentary and seeing how uh, ready to go the KKK uh, neo-Nazi crowd was, and we know, living on the West Coast, how ready to go the Antifa people are. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that there was only ad death, and that happened with that idiot who drove the car. Well, and, and the fact that that act of horrendous disregard for human life only resulted in one death. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, with all due grief for the poor lady, I mean, thank God it was only one person. You had two armies show up. Now, here I am mentioning two armies. Now I'm on the, you know, I'm sounding like the president, and I'm going like to get myself Trump. in trouble. But you had two armies show up, ready to do battle, and the only person that died was from that car. That's amazing. That's not going to stay that way. That's not going to stay that way. There will be other clashes like this, and there's going to be a lot of dead people. Oh, yeah. That's absolutely true. And it might be uh, August 26th, 27th in San Francisco, um, the San Francisco area, because there's going to be a, a big, big march and counter march. And I would not go down to quote unquote no. see the show. No no no. No no, 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 no. This is not like when I took my kids to the Trump rally to see what it was going to be like. Right. And we left early because I was afraid it was going to get violent. Um, I would not. I would not want to be anywhere near this thing, because you could get clocked by somebody easily. That's I'm good. telling you, somebody's going to start squeezing off shots at these things, and then both sides are going to start bringing guns, and then we're going to have a crisis. Which is why, from the beginning, we've said you got to crack down on political violence because it only grows. Punch violence in the face. That's right.
News now with Marsha Phillips. Well, President Trump has a simple message for the nation this morning. Official Trump tweet reader Vincent Nicholas. Make America great again! This after the president's confrontational presser where he spread the blame for last weekend's deadly violence in Virginia, telling reporters... I think there's blame on both sides. You look at, you look at both sides... I think there's blame on both sides, and I have no doubt about it, and you don't have any doubt about it either. Trump continuing. What about the alt-left that came charging at the, as you say, the alt-right? Do they have any semblance of guilt? Let me ask you this. What about the fact they came charging, that they came charging with clubs in their hands, swinging clubs? Do they have any problem? I think they do. You had a group on one side that was bad, and you had a group on the other side that was also very violent. And nobody wants to say that, but I'll say it right now. We got this text. If you guys defend the supremacists like Trump did, I'm done, and I've been a fan since 2006. Who's going to defend the supremacists? Is, Is what Donald Trump just said pointing out that everybody came looking for a fight, supporting the supremacists. See, I, I just think he's incredibly unwise to get sucked into the into the argument. I just, I don't, I don't know. Defending the white supremacists. Why? Well, where the hell did you even get that notion? I don't know. I don't, don't know. You know what? Stop listening. I don't care if you've been a fan since I was five years old. If you think that's happening? Go, go now. You were doing this when you were five. I was. There's a lot more talk about cookies. Republican leaders criticizing Trump for those comments. GOP House Speaker Paul Ryan condemning the remarks. Ryan tweeting that white supremacy is repulsive and there can be no moral ambiguity. Arizona Senator John McCain saying there's no moral equivalency between racists and Americans standing up to defy hate and bigotry. You know, Marshall, let me jump in here yeah. because I was interested. Uh, you know, what cable news people are shouting or, or whining about does not really, uh, I don't, uh, I just look at it as entertainment because rarely do you get anything close to insight or wisdom there. So I went to some of the uh, the writers and editorials of the nation because I was curious to see, uh, since the president made it so incredibly stark yesterday, you had violence on both sides. And again, I think he handled it terribly. I wondered what, like the WAPO and the New York Times were saying about that. And I finally figured out their angle, which was, well, yeah, there were, you know, some some people on the left who, who came for a fight and they were clubbing and, and macing people and the rest of it. But a woman was killed by the, the, the right, the, the Klansman people. And and so therefore, I mean, it's just how can you even compare the two? And I just I'm not sure that makes great logical sense um, just because so in the absence of that woman dying, which is obviously horrifying, and at the hands of a scumbag who I wish had never been born, um, but in the absence of her killing, okay, then how would you analyze it? And this is just, again, right. from our perspective right. of if we don't crack down on political violence in a big hurry and with massive shows of force of the decent humans of the United States, we're, we're in for some ugly, ugly times. Now, right. having said that, how could somebody conceivably think that somehow, like, supporting the Klan, who are loathsome, they used to round them right. up? All right, that's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. So we're going to ta- talk to David Drucker of the Washington Examiner. Perfect guy for a, for a day like today, I think. Kind of a uh, 
a reasoned, measured, big-picture guy. He is measured. But the way the Trump press conference went down in the media yesterday is pretty interesting. And a clip from that Vice documentary. You want to hear some of these people on the inside? I think this particular guy is a KKK guy. Or, or a neo-Nazi, I don't know. Do they distinguish much between each other? There, there are a lot of different shades. I mean, but it's mostly the same. It's interesting stuff. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. But the thing is, you remember the names of white bombers and mass shooters, okay? Yeah. Can you tell me the name of all 19 hijackers on 9-11 off the top of your head? You can remember Dylan Roof's name. You we can remember Tim McVeigh's name. White people were capable of violence. I didn't say capable. Of course we're capable. I'm carrying a pistol. I go to the gym all the time. I'm trying to make myself more capable of violence. I'm, I'm here to spread ideas, talk, in the hopes that somebody more capable uh, will, will come along and do that. Somebody like Donald Trump who does not give his daughter to a Jew. So Donald Trump, but like more racist. A lot more racist than Donald Trump. I don't think that you could feel about race the way I do and watch that Kushner bastard walk around with that beautiful girl. Okay. That's really interesting stuff. Yeah, wow. And that guy's a, I don't know if he's a neo-Nazi or a KKK. How do you decide which of those groups to be in? If you if you're a hater, uh, the out the outfits. I mean, how do you decide one from the other? I don't know. Somebody invites you to the meeting. I guess I don't know. I it's, suppose to them there's a big difference, and to the rest of the normal world, you think yeah, you're all the same. Yeah, I've read about the various shades of the ideology, and it's you know mildly interesting. But um, that's from the Vice News documentary that we have a link posted at ArmstrongandGettyRadio.com. Damn interesting. I tell you what, there were a hell of a lot of those guys marching the previous night with their torches through the University of Virginia campus. And chanting their, their racist chants, it was something else. How do you come to those beliefs? But anyway, um, so here's the New York Times rundown of what happened uh, yesterday, re the president's press conference. And, you know, this is the New York Times. They hate, but um, they hate Trump anyway. Wow, stunned TV hosts reacted in real time to Trump. What I just saw gave me the wrong kind of chills, a visibly stunned Chuck Todd said on MSNBC. Honestly, I'm a bit shaken by, by what I just heard. Unable to disguise her disgust, the Fox News host Cat Timpf said, I'm still in the phase where I'm wondering if it was actually real life. I have too much eye makeup on now to start crying. And on CNN, as the network cut away from President Trump's extraordinary 23-minute news conference at Trump Tower, the anchor Jake Tapper could not contain his astonishment. Wow, that was something else. <laughs> <laughs> It's one way to respond. Yeah. Well, I, I know that feeling. The thoughts are still forming. Yeah. That was crazy. For a few visceral moments on Tuesday, television's partisan lines dissolved as dumbfounded anchors reacted on air, some in clearly personal ways, to Mr. Trump's fiery remarks, in which he seemed to cast equal blame on white supremacists and the demonstrators who marched against them during the weekend's deadly clash in Charlottesville, Virginia. On Fox News, normally a redoubt of Trump support, the 5 p.m. co-host of The that, Specialist. That is uh, highly inaccurate, by the way, but it's the New York Times. Right. right. Yeah. There's a tremendous amount of criticism of Trump on Fox News. The hosts of The Specialists, which is a much better show since they kicked off the guy who was sending around dick pics. Who likes that idiot? 
They He's got, awful. The the girls, this is interesting. The girls are way more animated and entertaining now. Like they're they, women, Jack. They feel free to, she looks like to be sixteen. <laughs> they feel free to speak now that they don't have Captain uh Cologne sitting next yeah, to them. No kidding. But anyway, the co hosts on The Specialist shook their heads with the anchor Guy Benson saying that Mr. Trump lost me when he insisted that some very fine people participated in the white supremacist rally. They were chanting things like, Jews will not replace us, Mr. Benson said. There's nothing good about that. His co-host, Ms. Timp, a libertarian pundit who contributes to the National Review Online, exhaled, exhaled deeply. It was one of the biggest messes that I've ever seen. I can't believe it just happened. Disbelief also dominated the early reaction on MSNBC and CNN, where Mr. Tapper ended his afternoon show by directly addressing viewers. To anybody out there watching today who's confused and thinks, I thought the Klan and neo-Nazis and white supremacists, I thought there was no debate about this thing among civilized people. There isn't a debate about it, he said. Like many of Trump's dramatic moments, today's impromptu question-and-answer session unspooled on cable television, but as the president's exchanges grew testier, ABC and CBS cut into their regular programming to carry the news conference, adding millions of households to the audience. Mm. Later, the network evening newscasts ran long, uh, uh, unedited clips of Mr. Trump's appearance. CBS devoted its entire half-hour evening news to replaying the president's uh, press conference. Wow. That's interesting. There will be not only college classes, but entire, like, uh, curricula designed for communications departments about how Donald Trump can be simultaneously such an effective communicator and such a horrifyingly ineffective communicator. Not only a communicator just in terms of standing in a microphone and speaking, but the way he manipulates the media. Mm -hmm. He's a genius and the worst at it ever. Right. He does things that are brilliant in understanding modern Twitter, cable news, 24 hours, and then will step on his own message as if he doesn't understand at all the way it works. It reminds me of a guy who, who goes up to home plate and just swings for the fences over and over again. Yeah. And, and he, he strikes like out that. a lot and he hits a lot of home runs. By the way, there's this. Mr. Trump has caused a rift in the conservative world, and Fox News' Charles Krauthammer and Laura Ingram got into it. Oh, yeah. And we'll play a little bit of that later. Uh, you can't say a Charles Krauthammer and Steve Hayes yesterday are pro-Trump on this. No, no, no. It's it's amazing to see not only the divisions forming, but the the anger simmering. Oh, yeah. On the right side of the political aisle. David Drucker, Washington Examiner, to talk about it with us coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.